Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, June 7, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, from a daily chart perspective, it's pretty simple. Not a lot happened today. They didn't make a new high. They didn't go below Friday's low. It was an inside day above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend. And on the docket, we have the potential for the summer doldrums. Now that we're post-Memorial Day, we start thinking about the summer doldrums. Doesn't mean we have to have the summer doldrums. We just start thinking about it. It warrants a mention, an honorable mention, and we just move it along from there. Here... From a daily chart perspective, there's really not a lot going on that wasn't seen late last week. They're pushing on the old highs. Just to put it in perspective, the former high was 422.82, and the high over here is 422.72. The high over here from last Friday is 422.92, and the high today happens to be 422.78. That got a little cut off, just so everybody can see. 422.78. So they're pushing on the highs. There's nothing bullish today. There's nothing bearish today. It's simply a day where they ate some time off the clock. However, we can always learn some things from the market. So when we look around the horn and we look at other charts, whether they're shorter time frames on the SPY or the S&P 500, or whether they're other charts entirely, we're going to be able to learn something that we can use going forward. We can put it in our quiver or tool belt. What's a quiver? We put arrows in a quiver. We put tools in a tool belt. So did we learn anything from an hourly chart perspective? There's a couple of things going on on the hourly chart. We have a big breakdown candle from the 1st of June. The high is the same 422.72. Last week, they spiked it. Today, they created an hourly chart breakdown candle. Now, they were putting in a bear flag pattern. You're going to see this inside the numbers, but we might as well discuss it now. It's a teachable moment, a learning opportunity. Why is that? Because these bull and bear flag patterns have really two things going on. A, they can be really solid patterns that have a high percentage of success. They also carry a lot of risk. Why is that? Because look what was going on here all day long. The first hour of the day creates the down or breakdown candle. The next several hours go sideways, creating the flag portion of the bear flag pattern. Normally, we're going to see this move into the moving averages, maybe fill a gap down here, something of the like over the next day or so. That's fair enough. However, the risk is that the flag pattern begins to materialize in another way. Because why? Because bearish flaggish patterns have a tendency to create or form wedge patterns. Why is that? Because they love to test the highs of breakdown candles They like to test the lows of breakup candles. They do the same stuff over and over and over again. So as such, what are they doing into the end of the day? They're beginning to run a test of the breakdown candle. 
We talked about it inside the numbers. You'll see it in a moment. Now, we don't know whether they're going to get above or not get above the high of the breakdown candle. And because we can't see that on the hourly chart, we just don't know. We have to revert to a larger time frame. Maybe the larger time frame is going to give us more information. Do we have any more information on the 120-minute chart? And really, the answer is yes and no. So from a shorter perspective, we still have a breakdown candle. But when you pan out and look at this really for what it is in a 120-minute chart, you really can't help but notice that from the gap down here last week, they broke up, and really all they're doing is eating time off the clock above the moving averages. So they had one big candle downward. So what? They didn't really break the pattern. So the larger time frame leans to the trend is your friend. This is really just a bullish chart. That's why we have to look around the horn. That's why we look at a variety of different time frames. What happens when we look at the 240-minute chart or half-day chart, if you will? Well, it becomes even more clear. This is the way I see it. Maybe it pans out differently, but this is the way it looks from where I sit. You have a breakdown candle here. Now they've run up to test the breakdown candle. They didn't just run up, test it, and fall away, get rejected. They ran up, tested it, and now they're basically going back and forth in a chop shop formation near the highs, eating time off the clock, building energy to bust through and make new highs. That's the way it looks from where I sit. As long as they're above all the moving averages on all these charts, I can't help but think that way. Why is that? Because using the 80-20 rule, that's the way the market works. Sometimes they'll run up to make a test of, for example, this breakdown candle high, and they'll immediately get rejected within minutes or an hour or two. And then it's a different scenario going forward. Here, all they did was pull back. There's a difference between a rejection and a pullback and eating time off the clock. And the larger the time frame, the smaller this pullback looks. The horizontal line is at 421.19. It represents today's low. I just want to prove a point from a visual perspective. When you look at the 240 chart, it's just a pullback. They're not that far from the all-time highs. The daily chart is a chip shot away from all-time highs. So is the 421.19. It's more pronounced on a five-minute chart, for example. From an intraday perspective, and certainly from a very short-term or short-time-frame perspective, it looks like the market moves a lot. All they were doing is pulling back a little bit, eating time off the clock. That's it. Now, what changes that? Well, here you have a gap up. The low is 420.68. You get below that low and begin closing hourly candles below that low. It opens the door for the gap and potentially a lot more. You don't know what's going on at the time. But that's an important spot. While they're above that spot, they're just eating time off the clock, building energy for another leg higher. That's the way you have to look at the tape. Let's see what we have inside the numbers for the folks that are actively trading in or would like to be trading in the market during the trading day focused on the movement in the SPY. 
By the way, why do we focus on the movement in the SPY? Because in large part, whatever the S&P 500 is doing in the big picture, not all day and it doesn't apply to everything, but in large part, the majority of the time, whatever the S&P 500 is doing is going to drag the rest of the market along for the ride, whether it's in the upward or downward direction. We have a happy Monday, wake up a touch of a pullback, but it's more of a rounding error than anything else. And by the way, that became evident during the trading day. They really never did anything. Let's move along, see what we have in the early thoughts. Again, remember, we're getting ready for the day. Regardless of what the day ended up doing, we have to focus on getting ready for the day because at this point in time, at zero dark 30, you don't know what's going to be happening during the trading day. It's the beginning of the week. Things appear to be picking up where they left off. So therefore, let's get right into the numbers. The all-time high, 422.82. It's a point of reference. The most recent big breakdown candle high, 422.72. Another point of reference. Last week, they ran a test of both, but closed below. By the way, that's normal on the first test. Again, I'm not saying anything that we don't know already or shouldn't already know. At this point in the day, we're going through our stretching exercises, our pregame warm-up routine. And remember, there's been no rejection and they're still hanging around up here. Therefore, pushing up to and above the all-time highs again would be normal garden variety market behavior. They didn't do that, but that certainly would not have been out of the question. We all know that. Closing candles above the all-time high puts them in no man's land with an unknown destination on the board. Same thing will apply tomorrow and beyond. The only thing in the way above the SPY high would be the ES or futures all-time high, which comes in around 42.38 and a quarter, which makes the SPY equivalent around 423.45. You'll also need that number potentially for Tuesday or beyond if they begin pushing higher. Most traders won't be aware of that number, and from an intraday perspective, it should provide some overhead resistance. If they're gapping up above everything else, then it's off the table, other than potentially providing support for a retest on the way back down. Here's that number again. Staying above and continuing to close hourly above 420.68 is necessary for the bulls to keep the band on stage. You know, keep the band playing on. Getting below and closing candles below opens the door to down around 419, give or take. So everything that we discussed on the chart after the market was already discussed for inside the numbers before the opening bell even rings. Why is that? Because we need to know the numbers. Let's move along, see what else we've got. Nine o'clock, they're pushing on the highs, but nothing happened. 9.25, maybe it'll be a quiet day, maybe it won't. We don't know until we know, so we watch for a while. I'm just getting you in the mindset of patience. We have to watch, we have to wait for the market to dictate what we're going to do. If they're just going to float around, we don't want to play in that environment. It's quiet. A spike of 4.22 will likely bring the buy the dip crowd to the table. 4.21.85, give or take, is the spot for now, just in the early going. Just to re-get a sense for what actually happened or didn't happen today, 421.85 was the spot 
and they never really did anything. They hung around underneath the spot all day. They popped up above the spot at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, they did nothing all day long. Treaded water, ate time off the clock. The market was so quiet, it was like pulling teeth to get two of the stocks on the move to their numbers. We'll get back to those later. So what I'm saying here is, if they spike below 422, there should be support down there. That's absolutely what was the case. Remember, support or resistance means the market stops going down or stops going up. However, to get the reaction in the other direction is really part B or part two of the scenario if you're looking for a trade. They never really gave you part two. They popped them up a little bit at the end of the day, but that doesn't count. So what you'll see here in the notes is just more of the same. They never really did anything. It was one thing after the other, but there was no new information. Read the notes. Go back to the charts. Double check the work. Transports are down. IWM is up. One will prevail as a tell later or tomorrow. These are divergences. We'll get back to those later as we go over those markets as well. TAL did the deal. Again, we'll come back to stocks on the move. We're moving along. 422 and a quarter is the ticket to a leg higher. They actually went there at the end of the day. But again, you're running out of time on the clock. That's it. It was game over. We're moving along again. Now things begin to change. 1255, bunch of time passed. So from an hourly chart perspective, they're creating a bearish flaggish pattern. Now we know about that. We talked about that already. But I want to bring it up as an awareness to Inside the Numbers members. Do they climb the big breakdown candle or just go sideways? You have to know the decision points. If you know the whole scope of what's going on and you know that they're putting in that type of pattern, but you also know that they like to do certain things like test the highs, yada, 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 then when they start to make a move, at least you have an idea of where they're going, what they're trying to accomplish. It's more than you can say for most people in the market. And we're moving along. Here's another awareness that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. So this was about 2 o'clock. They're still dripping and in the bearish thing going on from an hourly chart perspective. However, we have to be aware that if the hourly chart thing is going to play out, and we don't know still whether it will or it won't. They never got above and closed above the high yet. They ran out of time at the end of the day. So the downside is still on the table. The target would be in the neighborhood of 420, maybe even 419, as cited earlier. But we have to know about some things that most people, again, don't think about. But they happen all the time. What is that? We could get a visit from the thieves in the night. Who are they? They get to the price we're looking for from the electronic overnight session. By the time we show up in the morning, the pattern played out, the bearish flaggish pattern played out. They achieve the downward or southern destination. They've already turned around and they got a whole new thing going on. It happens not every night, not exactly all the time, but it happens enough of the time that we have to have the awareness that it happens enough. Let's see what else we have. Oh, we have a chart. So what's going on? Now I just want you to get the visual of what's going on on the hourly chart. Again, we're moving along and we know what happened into the end of the day. We talked about the whole thing. You saw everything, but this is a value to those traders who are active or would like to be active in the market during the trading day. And there are some traders that only like stocks on the move. 
today. We only had one hit their price objective. We had another one come close. They missed it by a smidgen. But we'll take a look at the chart of TAL. Five-minute chart, getting quite the buzz cut at the open. Closed last week out about 30 bucks. They played a little bit of a game with the first level. Some traders chose not to take the first level. Some traders chose to take the first level. I did take the first level. It probably was off the table when you look at it closely, and I can certainly make the case that it was, but I took the first price anyway. Could make an equal case that all three prices were just as good as each other. And by the way, I want to show you something neat. You didn't see this on the thing, but the stop listed was an hourly close below 25 and a quarter. The low of day happens to be 25 and a quarter. Now, there are no accidents nor coincidences across the market, and maybe you saw, if you read the notes carefully, that I recognized that there were some traders that bought TAL right around the stop. They do that all the time. I'm not suggesting we all do that. I'm just saying I know there are traders that do that. They're willing to take on the added risk. The stop is, generally speaking, another important number. It's a number that I believe that the stock shouldn't close hourly below on the day. If it does, then I was totally wrong about the entire thing. In this case, they went to the stop, ran a test of the stop, turned around, and began marching back in the other direction. If you painted by the numbers, you were a happy camper even if you bought the first price early in the morning. My average was right around 26.61, I believe it was. Everybody's is going to be slightly different. Not everybody buys right on the number. And here's a little hint. Depending on where the number comes from, if it comes from a very longer term type of chart, then it'll take longer to turn around. Not every time, not every single trade is going to act or react like that. But when they do come from a longer chart, longer time frame, they can take longer to turn around. Think of it like turning an aircraft carrier around in a circle or at least 180 degrees to go back in the other direction. It takes a while. The sailors on board can have breakfast, and they're still turning around by the time they're finished. Patience pays. Not every time, but the majority of the time. Think about it like this. I'll turn it around to just look at it from a different perspective. So here, they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Who knows how many funds or hedge funds or mutual funds or whatever it is, Whoever owns the thing, there's a lot of sellers going on. There's a lot of volume early in the morning. Sometimes this happens. They'll sell it all day long. However, the majority of the time, some point in the morning, the stock or the market or what have you, and inside the numbers, members know this, but you're going to find some kind of a morning low. Once they find the morning low, the selling has subsided, and all of a sudden, the stock begins to bounce. Isn't that the way it works the majority of the time? You tell me. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, we have a trend line for a reason. Now we can eliminate one of the scenarios. The lower high scenario is now eliminated. Now think about this for a second. We talked about it last week. The market was never rejected. They stayed above all the moving averages. And we said, in here, there's no way to tell. They're just eating time off the clock. And so... Therefore, the lower high scenario was in jeopardy, but it was still intact. Now, we could take that off the table, and we know that if they were to get above that trend line, what was going to happen almost immediately? 
They were going to go right to this pivot high. We said it was 231. We're rounding. It's 230.95. And what was the high today? It was close. The high was 230.78. So they didn't quite get there. They made an attempt. But that's what's happening once you get above that trend line that no longer exists. So in terms of the IWM getting above the trend line, they're doing exactly what was discussed last week. Go back to the videotape. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What can we say about them? Well, A, we have a divergence from the IWM. IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. The transports are number two favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. So we have them down with the IWM up and the other markets kind of slightly flat. Doesn't really tell us a whole heck of a lot. So we have to look elsewhere. What else do we have to look at for the transports? Well, we could look at other charts. For example, the hourly chart is certainly at present in a downtrend. We have a series of these breakdown candles. For example, here's one of those bear flag patterns similar to what we discussed in the SPY today. Bear flag pattern, breakdown, okay? Here's a bull flag pattern, failure. Here's a wedge pattern, and you don't know yet because it's still doing the same thing. But from here, this is still the same type of wedge, flag, call it whatever you want. This is still in a downtrend until and unless they start getting above this breakdown candle, and they would need to get above these moving averages in the hourly chart. That would change the trend on the hourly chart. What's the trend on the 120-minute chart? Same thing. It's down. You also have big breakdown candle, and this one looks a little bit more clean than the hourly chart. This one has the appearance that it wants to go lower. 240 chart, same thing. Now, you're above two moving averages, you're below two, so it's not exactly the same look as the hourly chart, for example, and the 120 was three to one, under three, above one. Here it is, and you're hovering above the 200-period moving average. So running a test of this 200-period moving average now wouldn't be the same if you did it back here last week. That would have been more of a straight shot into it. Now you've eaten time off the clock. That 200-period moving average isn't the same as it was before. Now we come back or circle back to the daily chart, and we remember we have a line in the sand. We have... A breakup candle low, 15,369.12. Now, they've tested it, and they've retested it. If they give it up now, after hovering above the 50-period moving average on the daily chart, it's likely some trouble for the transports. The transports need to get up and go, and if they don't and give up the breakup candle low, the rest of the market's going to follow suit in the southern direction. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Well, here's the divergence part of we have divergences. The IWM was up. The Qs were up. The risk assets were up. The transports were down a touch. The Qs are above all the moving averages. They've eaten time off the clock. They've run a test. They recocked the gun. And here we are. At present, there's really nothing bearish on the Q chart. But wait, there's more. All part of that divergence conversation... The financials are down a little bit. Now, we're not making a federal case at a 28 cents, and we're above all the moving averages, so there's nothing technically wrong with the XLF, but why aren't they going up? Is there something else we should be aware of? We don't know yet, 
but we have more evidence. This is a puzzle piece, and it's not really on the table yet, but it's in waiting. Below the 20-period moving average, and our eyebrows will go up on the XLF. And here was the, but wait, there's more part. So the Smash Mouth, or SMH, the semiconductor space, is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. The SMH was down about 1% today. Now, above all the moving averages, there's nothing wrong with it, and maybe they're just building energy for another move higher. While the lower high thing was resolved in the upward direction in the IWM, it's not been resolved in Smash Mouth. So maybe it will be, maybe they're just eating time off the clock, and this is the same type of recock the gun, they're just not ready yet in terms of the cues, they're doing the same kind of thing, that's fine, but we're just doing the analysis, and I'm giving you the benefit of what's coming out of inside my head. And by the way, it's a very, very dangerous place to be. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.